I can't go to school for you in high school and do all this for you. You got to be willing to do that. You know, if you say you want to play college football, whatever division it is, one, two, three, NAIA, whatever it is, you got to be willing to take the extra step to meet these different people in your high school that needs, you know, that you need to connect with. I know you can get on Twitter and like you said, get on TikTok and look at different videos. And I know you can go to 707 events and play your butt off on the field, right? And break some ankles. But what can you do when you're not on the field? What can you do that can help progress you into that next level? Do I really look like a guy with a beard? Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Up Close and Personnel with Alex Brown. I'm your host, Alex Brown, and we've got another great episode in store for you this week. If you are a returning listener, thank you for the support. If you're new to the game and you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the show with others. Now, onto this week's guest. We are fortunate to have Ashton Washington, Director of High School Relations for the University of Illinois, join us on the show. Ashton has absolutely earned every opportunity she's gotten and made the most of them. Throughout it all, you can see her work ethic and dedication is only matched by her passion for the game and her love for mentoring young student-athletes. She takes the approach of being everyone's big sister as Coach A. From working in the media world for rivals in 24-7 to the Houston Roughnecks in the XFL to her current role with Illinois, she's seen quite a bit and shares so much in this episode about her journey. Additionally, her best friend and younger brother, Parker Washington, just went through the recruiting process on his way to signing with Penn State. And we also touch on that with the big takeaway of how she views the recruiting landscape. The topic of the week involves building what Ashton calls your personal LinkedIn. Ashton brings a wealth of knowledge and advice that will apply to recruits and professionals alike in this episode. So with that being said, let's jump right into my conversation with Ashton Washington, Director of High School Relations for the Fighting Illini. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um... Ashton, or I guess, I guess now you go by Coach A. Welcome to the show. What's up, Coach Brown? How are you? I am great. I'm great. It's been so long since I've seen you. You know, we we go back to the days at, at UH. But how is life for you as the uh, the most famous person on staff at Illinois? And and honestly, just for the listeners out there, I don't think you all realize like what. Ashton's done as far as grinding her way to get to this point and the hard work that she's put in and the the hours of networking and not having a hidden agenda behind it and just trusting like legitimately trusting the process so how is it you know you're there but you're not um obviously you're you're not quite on site yet due to COVID but how are you doing I'm doing good um I'm taking in this new normal you know, the Zoom calls, the, I guess you could say the not shaking hands and hugging people. And I'm a hugger, so it's a little bit hard for me. But, you know, I love this way you said it, the process and dear the process. You know, we're still in a process right now, but this is the, you know, the, I guess the ultimate goal where I was trying to get to college football. And having this chance and being able to be in this position at the University of Illinois means a lot to me. 
So all I can say is, let's go. I'm ready to get up to Illinois and get up there, freeze. You know, I'm, I'm coming from Houston. So I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to freeze, but it's going to be okay. But yeah, like I said, it feels good. That's awesome. Really, really, you've got a, you've got a lot of fans down here in Houston. And, um, you know, a lot of that kind of goes to the, the relationships you built when you were working with, you know, rivals 24-7, the old coach. And obviously, most recently with XFL, we'll get into your work experience. But, you know, I want to just kind of dive right into the questions because you've had a unique experience of getting to know a lot of the people that are working in college football and, and definitely have had a chance to learn, you know, from the outside looking in. Now you're you're in the building. Now you're doing the work. So in your mind, you know, kind of drawing off the experiences you've had, what makes somebody a good recruiter to you? Mm -hmm being authentic that's the key thing that comes across and i only say that because i've been on both sides i say both sides of the ball both sides of the recruiting so now i'm in this position at the university of illinois and then during my brother's recruitment process this past two years i got to see or meet different uh, college coaches and seeing their different personalities and seeing who's the most authentic I think that was the key part to me is just being authentic and seeing through it. So that plays a part into being a people person. So those would be my two qualities for a top recruiter or someone that's good at recruiting. Absolutely. And, you know, just to brag on your brother, your brother was like the most humble down to earth kind of no ego kid for being as highly recruited as he was. What was the um, kind of, what was your advice to him when it came to kind of vetting out, okay, is this guy really looking out in your best interest? Like how, how do you determine, or I don't know, how do you gauge the authenticity of somebody kind of as you're going through the process? Cause it's, it's difficult, right? Cause you're, you're receiving all this love for the first time and you know, you're, you're enjoying kind of the, the moment, so to speak, but there's so much more to it. And a lot of times people have different agendas, but like, how, what was your advice to, to your brother during that process? to Parker? Um, I think the advice I gave him or my parents, we all gave him was who's talking to you the most and can you connect to that coach? You know what I mean? On, on a personal level, right? Right. Cause you're, cause you're going to be with that coach for however long they'll be with you. And in his case, um, you know, sign a Penn state, his receiver coach ended up leaving about two to three months later after signing. And so a new receiver coach comes in. So now you're, you know, I don't want to say stuck. Now you're in a program where I'm glad I didn't sign just because of the receiver coach. I'm glad I signed because of the whole entire program in the university. So you got to think about those options. But with him, like I said, is, you know, who's talking to you the most? And most importantly, can you connect to him? And can you most importantly connect to that head coach? Can you see that head coach, you know, gauging you to where you want to be and everybody wants to win a national championship so those were kind of the key factors and I think with him I love how you said it again was with him he's like an old man my brother like yeah <laughs> my dad he's like ash he calls me ash he's like ash you're like Parker's alter ego like I'm the hype one you're the I one that brings the juice and he's just yeah. kind of like vibing out in the corner <laughs> he, literally and he's like just just very reserved, silent killer, quiet, stays to himself. So I was like the pep in his recruitment. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, let's put on jerseys. Let's do something. 
And his whole thing was like, you know, I'm not going to wear the jersey at a, at a university if I don't feel like I want to commit to that school. Mm-hmm. And so I think with his process, it was a learning experience for me. And most importantly, it was a learning experience just by his outlook on everything. That's good stuff. So then who was the best recruiter, or maybe the most impressive recruiter you've been around and, and why? And you could go off of anybody you met during Parker's recruitment or people Ooh. that you met during 24-7. Or, you know, hey, you could throw out your own head coach. I know you've only been with him for, you know, a, a month or so. But Okay. This is hard because, like, I don't want to say some names – and then some people are listening in like, oh, my goodness, you didn't say my name. And, and just and just to, to preface it, uh, a lot of people that have been on the show have said a couple of people. They, they've opted out by giving multiple names. So just <laughs> giving putting that in your corner. Oh, OK. Let's use I'll use Parker's recruitment again. We'll go back to his recruitment. OK, so this makes sure he keeps it closed. Uh, the best recruiter on his recruitment was Coach Parker. Um, he's now at West Virginia as offensive coordinator there, but he was the best recruiter. When I tell you he's the ultimate authentic coach I've ever met far as during that recruitment process, it was unbelievable. And so I, you know, just sitting with him and talking to him when he came to the house and met with the family, did all that. In my mind, Alex, you already know how I am. I'm sitting there like taking notes, like, you know, I, I, I like what he's doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I'm like, I know where I want to be. So I'm just like taking notes and coach Parker probably had no idea. I'm like taking notes on him, but that's how much of an impact he had on me and how much of an impact he had on our family. So I, I definitely have to give it to him. That's good. Okay. So, so you talked a little bit about, you know, the advice, you know, for your brother and, you know, just the importance of being authentic. And, and that's been a common theme. Like everybody that's been on the show says some phrase of, you know, form of being authentic, being yourself, being genuine, really, you know, being intentional with, you know, the words you choose and how you, you know, present your, your actual self. Don't try to be somebody you're not. But, you know, for you, you've, you've kind of been on this very winding journey and, and you've got so many unique experiences that have helped you get to where you are now. Who would you say, has had the biggest impact on your personal and professional career? Uh, personal and professional, I have to say dad. Um, he's the main person I'm calling if things go up and he's the main person I'm calling if things go down. Um, he keeps me pretty level-headed. He played college football at Mississippi State, Air Force Academy. So his position's a little bit different, right? He's on the player, I guess, perspective, but he still uh, you know, has the knowledge of college football. So he's kept me, like I said, level-headed through it all, even through that journey of, you know, working with 24-7 sports, rivals, the old coach, and so on. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah. you know, you're, you're working for free throughout college. He's like, just keep doing it. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. And me, you know, there comes a point when you're like, you know, I've put in so much work, you know, when is something going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody has that moment. You're like, on the verge, it's just like, man, I just want to give up. And then, I, yeah, look, I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I know a lot have had that those moments when you're just like, I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and nothing is shaking. And I'm still, you know, doing this for free. I'm still going out here with, you know, a good smile on my face and loving what I'm doing. But I'm praying and hoping something, you know, comes out of this. 
and, or that hard work pays off. So it, you know, the, I guess you could say it all goes back to dad, keeping me level headed through it all. No. And, and I remember when I think it was like, cause the first time you came through, you were helping out Jefferson Powell and with like rivals, mm-hmm. then you got on with 24 seven and about a year goes by and you, you show back up and you're like, what do I got to do to get in college football? And this is right when the IWP rule came out and I got blocked going to a, a school and, and uh, you know, I was telling you about that rule and you're just like, golly, like when, like, how am I going to get through this roadblock? Um, and I just remember our conversation. Cause I was kind of, I had gone through the same thing to an extent when I was in college, I was doing the media route and trying to break in, trying to break in. And um, you just kept at it. And I think that's like, just not giving into those, those self-doubt moments because they're there, like they exist, but you just can't give any life to those. But, you know, for you, like, like when you're in those moments, uh, what were those conversations like? Like, how do you, how do you keep yourself going? Like what, what's the, what's the end goal for you? Like what, what's, what, what makes you so passionate about football? I think the key part of what makes me the most passionate is that all the athletes around me, you know, when I was doing media or now even at Illinois, it's like I have a million versions of Parker with all different personalities. And so the way I'm able to help Parker is the same way I'm able to help these guys because not everybody has a big sister named Ashton, right? So I think that's kind of how I play or not play it, but kind of portray it is through those lenses as just a big sister. I used to call myself the big sister of recruiting for the state of Texas because everywhere I went, it was like mom and dads were happy to see me when I hit the field. I, I was giving hugs to all the kids or athletes. It was just a family type atmosphere, family, I guess you say family business in a way. And yeah. that's the same pipeline I want to do here at Illinois. Same thing. That's awesome. It, it, it was, it was always funny because I felt like everybody, especially in Houston, was like dying to get interviewed by you at the seven on seven stuff. You'd see videos, people like running, you know, just like dive bombing you. So it is, you know, it's crazy. Those interviews, literally, we weren't even talking about nothing. Like we no. would talk, we talk a little bit about recruiting here and there, but it was more so like getting the kids, or I don't like saying kids, I'm a Houston athlete, getting the athlete's perspective or actually getting them to show you their personality. Cause there was a lot of interviews I used to watch and it was like, the, it was so structured and the kid was just standing there and you're like, I know this kid talks more than what he's saying right now. You know what just, I mean? Just, that, just, just dying with, with just the, the blandness of it. Yes. Like, <laughs> so how many offers do you have? Oh, I've got five. Uh, who are your top like, three? Uh, kid, blah, blah, blah okay, what, what's going to be the biggest part in your decision? It's like, dude, come on. Like, and I, and I think that really uniquely prepares you for your role, you know, because you've got to find ways to be creative and, and connect and engage with not only recruits, but, you know, high schools and um, with your role as high school relations director. And we'll get into that, but what's your process for getting better? And you haven't trademarked it yet, but you've said it on about mm, every single podcast I listen to you on your personal LinkedIn approach. So we'll talk about that as the topic of the week, as far as, you know, networking and, and really building relationships to help you and the people around you succeed. But like, is that your process for getting better? Is just really building that personal LinkedIn or is there something more to that? 
Well, number one, I'm a religious person. So number one, I got to say praying. Prayer comes in handy a lot. And it goes back to those moments when you have the voices in your head, the self-doubts, the late night thoughts, you know, those. Absolutely. (laughs) So prayer comes in handy. Um, And then two, it plays a part inside that in-person LinkedIn is you got to be authentic in the in-person LinkedIn, right? College coaches or not coaches, anybody can see right through you. And I think that's kind of what set me apart in the game of college football or in the game of recruiting is that all the coaches I've met have kind of stayed connected with me. And I've, you know, put an effort into those relationships. Coach Brown, you're one of them, you know, just standing connect, just standing connected with you guys. is not naturally what helped me get a job, but it helped me just, build that in person LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Whether it's birthdays, holidays, or whatever it is, we're all staying connected. And I like the idea of of trademarking that. I didn't even think about that. Look, name, uh, what is it? Person and likeness. There you go. So just add it on. Okay. So what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching right now? You know, while you're stuck at home? Ooh, look, I got a book right here. Okay. (laughs) So uh, currently reading The System, The Glory and Scandal of Big Time College Football. It's a really, really good book. If if you know, like, I guess the length of reading, this book is about 373 pages. So not that long, about 300 pages. Yeah. It's really, really good. Really good. I, I advise anyone that loves college football to read that book. It's more of like a history, like taking a step back. And then going through it? uh, It's kind of like you're watching episodes on ESPN and it's like fluttering to different episodes of college football. Yeah. Different different scandals and then different glories. And it takes you on a journey. It's really good. It's not, I promise it's not boring. All right. So I want to take a step back and, you know, you talked about your dad and, you know, family and your faith seems like it's so important to you. I think that's awesome. Like that foundation of my value isn't totally, you know, caught up in maybe necessarily what I do or how much money I make, but like, I know what I can lean back on. So, I mean, what was it like growing up, you know, the Washington household and, you know, what was home life like? Ooh, home life, very family oriented. So grandparents, mom, dad, brother, and it's just me and Parker. Uh, We're six years apart. So he is my best friend, literally. And how my dad said, he, I'm his alter ego. Um, I think growing up with us, our mom and dad just kind of kept teaching, you know, when no one's around, you two have each other. You know what I mean? So keep continuing that bond. So my mom, she preaches it now. You know, even with him up at Penn State at this moment, she's like, when mom and dad are gone, you two are the only ones that got each other, okay? So y'all take care of each other. You know, you're going to fight, you're going to fuss. But at the end of the day, you're still brothers and still brother and sister. And, you know, me and my brother, we have our moments because I'm going to get on Parker's nerves and he's going to get on my nerves because I'm very headstrong. (laughs) I think that's when that coaching ability comes in. I'm very headstrong. (laughs) And Parker's like, "Okay, Ashton, be quiet. Okay." But, you know, you got to keep, you know, I yeah. guess nudging him and being like, okay, okay, I, I know you hear me and I know it's going out the other ear, but you're going to continue to hear me because I'm not going to be quiet. But, yeah, like I said, just family-oriented, keeping us together, keeping us strong. 
And through the ups and downs, at the end of the day, you're still family. So your, your dad played at Mississippi State and where, and where else again? Uh, the Air Force Academy. Okay, so, so talk me through like that dynamic. And, um, you know, I, I also heard you learn a little bit of watching tape from little bro and dad. So I, I kind of want to know what, what those film study sessions are like. Oh, my goodness. Dreadful. That's what they're like. <laughs> So no, like I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I'm just playing. It's like I don't want Coach Smith calling me and be like, "You think film sessions are dreadful?" But um, with Parker, oh, like it's gonna be with him. So with Parker, it's like he's a teacher. He's a teacher of the game. So with him, the way he explains is like he's teaching it to me. So the more he teaches it to me, the more he learns. You know what I mean? So he uses himself in a scenario on the screen, and we go from there. And then Dad. He's very step by step by step. And I think that's something that, you know, we're more alike in that way. But with Parker teaching me and I'm getting step by step by step, it's like I'm unstoppable at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, but th those, those are how those film sessions are. Uh, very quiet. All you hear is Parker talking and pointing on the screen. And so this but, was, and this was probably like right around the time that you were with Rivals in 24-7. And he yep. would have been what? Early high school ball? Yeah, Fred, so during that time, we were in the same, I guess, bracket. I was in college college freshman. He was a high school freshman. So it was wow. freshman through senior year. Okay. It, but, like, when it came to, like, growing up, at what point, like, because there's six eight six year age, age difference. Mm -hmm. At what point uh, did he pass you athletically? Oh. Because I, I know you were keeping him in his place for – a, a seventh, certain amount of time seventh grade it had to be seventh to eighth grade when he was playing select football with the four Ben express parker passed me i could no longer you know you're like yeah this ain't gonna happen anymore yeah i could no longer hit him and like you know what i mean keep going it was yeah. now parker's getting bigger parker's getting stronger you know what i mean parker's getting faster it's no longer running running up the stairs from him and hiding that's funny. Yeah, it had to be about seventh, eighth grade. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I can uh, beat up little Parker anymore. I think he's big Parker now, you know, <laughs> a little big brother. Yeah. So then at what point did you know, like, oh, yeah, I want to work in football? Like, what was that moment for you? When did that happen? Um, it had to be during my high school years. So graduated from Fort Ben Travis uh, 2015. I graduated, graduated the same year as Hakeem Butler, Stephen Sims, and – Steven's recruitment was something that kind of, I guess, triggered me in a way, in a positive way. So during his recruitment, you know, underrated kid, uh, leaving high school, no stars. I think he was a two-star. Let's say two-star. I think he was two-star. And he was leaving with one offer. And it was from the University of Kansas, KU. And just seeing his process and seeing his size and development through high school and seeing him accomplish what he's accomplished now as a free agent, for I don't want to say the Washington Redskins, but for the Washington team is unbelievable. But his process was something that triggered me. And I was like, if I can, you know, have an impact on someone's, I guess, recruitment process and learn from the recruitment process the way I learned from Stevens, I definitely want to do this. And, you know, it don't matter if you have to pay me $5 a day to do it or $5 a week, $5 a month, I'll do it. So his process was something that changed my life. Yeah. And talk us through your grind in college. It was kind of crazy. So 
you had school in Austin at Houston Tillotson University. Obviously, you had to go in mass communication because that's your thing. So, but but you're you know taking full time classes, doing a bunch of stuff in Houston, recruiting wise. You're networking like crazy, really treating yourself as a professional before you are. And I think that's really important for people to understand is like you gotta you gotta carry yourself the way you want to be seen. And until you do that, people are just gonna take you for face value, right? And just talk through what it was like, you know, how you were able to put yourself in the position that you were. I think during my four years of college, right? So first year, freshman year, I stressed and stressed because I was like, I need an internship. I need to, you know, I need to make it happen ASAP. So I was like applying to ABC News in Austin and so on. And they're like, you're too young. Come back, come back. You're too young. And me, I'm like, I'm not too young. You know what I mean? I'm headstrong. Yeah. I know what I know what I want to do and what kind of avenue I'm trying to get to. I just need somewhere to start. And so from freshman to senior year, it was all about, like you said, getting out, networking, meeting people face to face, you know, establishing, I guess, my own brand or my name. So, pe- you know, so people can know who Ashton Washington was rather than on social media, because it's like you can follow me on social media, but it's a whole different standpoint when we actually meet in person you know what i mean it's a different right. connection you, you actually get to know me i guess that's a better way to put it and so through college it was kind of like all my friends are like ashton you don't have a normal life you don't have a normal college life and at the time i didn't realize it i didn't realize i didn't have a normal college life until i got hired by the university of illinois on may 19th 2020. at that moment i was like i did not have a normal college life Because a year ago from this date of that hiring, I was in college. You know what I mean? I was graduating college. And so for me, it was more of a, I guess, a sit back and take it in or soak it in moment. I was like, wow. You know, a lot of hard work, a lot of tears have gone into this moment. And I guess you could say only I know that because I was the one that was pushing through it and fighting through it. So all I can say is thank you to my mentors, um, everyone that's pushed me along the way. Uh, and then you look, you got to say shout out to the ones who said you couldn't do it. I think those are the best. Oh yeah. <laughs> you got to. But yeah, like I said, I didn't know I didn't have a normal college life until what, about three months ago, four months ago. But you said that you, the first place you applied to is ABC. So yep. did you, okay. So was there ever the thought, hey, should I go into sports media? Should I be a sports anchor? Should I be a broadcaster? Like, was was that in the early early thought process? So that was definitely an early process, early thought process, right? So I'm like, mm, I think sports media is the way. So you know, saw Stevens process. I can highlight an underrated star or underrated player like that. You know what I mean? As a yeah. media. And so um, I ended up getting the internship with ABC News, KVU in Austin, sophomore year. So I didn't get a freshman, I was too young, but I got a sophomore year. And I was the youngest one or the youngest intern that was interning at that moment. And I was the only one that was from my small private university. Everyone else was all seniors and they were from the University of Texas. And so the news director, he never knew my name, right? (laughs) He used to call me intern. The, the 
at that moment, like I was just taking notes. I'm like, if I ever have an intern, I will never call them intern. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn their name. I don't care. I'm gonna learn their name. Um, but started there, and I was actually a news intern. I wasn't in sports yet. So news intern, I'm sitting in my little cubicle, I'm looking around, and look at this. I text my I text my dad, and I'm like, Dad, first day on the job. You know what I, I said, Dad. I want to quit this internship. <laughs> and he said, he takes back and he's like, no kiddo, you can't, you can't quit. You gotta, you gotta keep going. First day, I wanted to quit the internship. First day, I will never get this. I was like, this is not what I want to do. I was just looking around and I was just like, it's not, this is not where I see myself. And I saw the sports department and I was trying to ease my way to the sports department. But at that moment, again, it goes back to that $5. You could pay me $5 a day, $5 a week, $5 a month, and I would do sports. I would do football. And at that moment, I knew what I wanted to do. So, you know, broke into sports media, and that's where I, I landed the gig with Rivals. So the Cougars Den for the U of H site. And for them, it was, you know, we give you a recruit, and it's once a week and you call them and ask them questions, write up a story about them. So it could be, you know, they're about to commit. They've already committed. Um, top three is Houston, little things like that. So I, I would call the player and, you know, do my little interview, do my uh, write up. But for me, it just wasn't enough. And I'm like, you know, I'm an intern here. Uh, I have the name rivals connected to my name. So being Ashton, I took it and I ran with it, right? So yeah. I, was, I was getting into events like the Nike opening at the time, uh, the Under Armour All-American camps, just all the top camps across Texas. I was getting in them through there. And again, that goes back to the in-person LinkedIn. That's kind of how I built up my name and how I met different people on the field. Um, I remember walking on the field and coaches and trainers, they would look and I'm like, who in the world is that? Cause I had to be like 18 or 19 at the time. Yeah. Like a little child <laughs> acting like she's supposed to be there. Cause I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to be here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. You know, nobody, no one should think otherwise, but yeah, look, that's how the little journey started. That's big time. And I think what's, what's so cool about your story is that you didn't say no to, to those little opportunities, right? You took them oh, no. and, and you ran with it. Like, how important is it when you're like young in your career to just honestly, if it has anything to do with what you're passionate about, just say yes to it, get the experience, learn something from it, put it on the resume. I say, you know, take advantage of the little, uh, little things or the little opportunities because those little opportunities turn into big opportunities. And at the moment they seem so small, but you never realize what's ahead. So take advantage of them. It's even, I think I'm skipping ahead, but it's even with the XFL. I started off as a street team or as a street team marketer. And I was actually in the mall handing out flyers and doing a spin wheel contest. Like that's literally how I started. And in the matter of five months, you know, got promoted about two to three times. But that's where I started. And that was paying $11 an hour for 20 hours a week. And I didn't turn it down. I said, yes. And that's graduating college. You know what I mean? Most people yeah. are looking for full-time work. And I was like, I'm going to just take it and, again, run with it. Well, and, you know, no offense to 24-7 old coach. Uh, I remember specifically having a combo with you. I told you, I was like, you've got to get out of talking to recruits. 
every day because if, if you keep talking to them because you do a really good job of it and building those relationships, nobody will be able to hire you because you're recruiting at like a ridiculous level and you have relationships with all these different players. And, and that's exactly what you did by getting involved with the XFL. And I mean, before we get into kind of the, how you climbed your way into such a cool role, brand and game day operations specialist. I mean, that's pretty sweet. How much fun was it to be a part of that league? It was so much fun. It was, it was incredible. Um, it was so innovative because it was something new. It was a startup. Yeah. You know, you're starting with no team colors, no jerseys, no coaches, no players, no <laughs> office, like just nothing, no city. Like it was just nothing. And to say what happened in a matter of five months is unreal. You know, selling out almost the entire U of H or University of Houston stadium, that's unreal for a yeah. first-time team or first-time league, you know, a new revamp league. So all I can say, it was unreal. It was unbelievable. What was the role? What did the role look like? I mean, I know that, you know, throughout the week, you know, you're, you know, kind of problem solving on the business side and then game day, it's just kind of like all hands on deck. But if you could like break down your role with the team, how would you describe it? Mm. And look, in a few words, um, I'd say for the business operations side, it would be the backbone of the team. So our small operations team consisted of four, I guess you could say full-time workers. And then one, we had an intern. Um, and she was actually, a grad, she just graduated from Rice. Yeah, she, she, oh. just graduated, she just graduated from Rice. But that was our small operations team. So like I said, we were the backbone of the team. So when things go wrong, that's who they call. You know what I mean? No matter what goes wrong, they're calling us. And then I guess the game day operations part was, you know, exactly what it says, game day. So whether that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday game, whichever day it is, that's when that role comes into effect. And so for me, it was everything you saw on TV, if you watch the games from home, our team pretty much helped create that vision or create what you saw. And then my- Like the, the, present, the presentation side of it? Yes, the presentation side. Yeah. And so for me, I was on the field helping, uh, I guess you can say run things. On the concourse level, I was making sure everything stays intact. And again, this is one person, this is all me. And then outside of the University of Houston Stadium, I was pretty much, I guess, say, controlling or running the outside. So if somebody pulled their car on the steps, which they did in the middle of a line, it was, un it was unbelievable. Yep. They, like, drove up on the sidewalk, drove straight up the steps, and just parked and hopped out. And I guess it went inside the game. And so, like, I'm on the field. I get a call. And they're like, hey, Ashton, we got a car out here. I need you to come on up. Da -da -da -da. I'm like. You know, in my head, I'm like, a car? Where? <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm like in heels, girl moment, and I'm running up there through a crowd trying to get this guy's car towed. The, like the mini hats, jack of all trades. And I, and I think that's the, the cool part is that each of your steps along the way has really set you up nicely for recruiting because you got to talk to kids all the time. You got to be ready for random, crazy things happening on game day, assuming and praying. Lord willing that we can get recruits on campus at some point, but you know, just to, to jump back to like, you know, the sports media side and, and the 24 seven side, how did you get better at asking questions and interviewing people? Because I think that applies 
not just to recruiting, but, you know, when you're meeting people, when you're networking, when you're, you know, trying to connect and engage somebody, I think a lot of times you leave some good conversation on the table by not asking good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think me just being a personal per, a per, a people person, and then I guess two, I'm really nosy. Like, so, so I'm always gonna ask the questions that like nobody wants to ask or answer. That's just me. And then again, I, it goes back to the people person. So for me, it's just never been hard to, I guess, talk to anybody. So I, you know, I told Coach Smith, I said, you can put me in any room. You just drop me off. It doesn't matter the location, people, anything. And I'll be fine. I'll yeah. find a friend, I'll start talking, and then we'll find some more people and we'll have a whole group and then we'll take over, you know? But it, it, that's that's just kind of how it is. That's awesome. So, okay, so now, I mean, just that you're at Illinois, what what's the job look like at home? Because I know that part of it is is recruiting because I know Joe Price really well, friend of the show, jumped on earlier. Obviously, you're stepping into his role and you're going to put your own spin to it. But what's the job look like? What What are you being asked to do? And you know, how are you executing uh, down here in Houston? Uh, so execute, we'll start with execution. So executing down here in Houston, because I'm still in Texas, Zoom calls, you know, having official visit, not official visits, but, you know, virtual visits. I don't want to say official because it's not, the, it's just not the same, you know? I, I, I'd rather just, you know, have the kid with me on campus. We walk around, we see things on, you know, it's just not the same. But having the virtual visits, um, of course, team meetings with the entire team, uh, coaches meetings, but it's like I said, everything's on Zoom. And yeah. I haven't met anyone in person. So I'm praying that everyone, you know, they're all real people, but we'll see. <laughs> like, I hope I'm not getting catfished. But um, yeah, that's pretty much day to day. And then, of course, you know, coming up with my strategic plan of keeping this, you know, these relationships going with the high school coaches in the state of Illinois, because it's, it's a little bit different now. I'm leaving my home pad. Uh, yes, you know, got connections across the nation, but now I'm going to be in a whole new state focus, you know, I wouldn't say focus solely on the state, but for me personally, that's kind of what I want to do at this moment. Just kind of rekindle old relationships that faded away and bring in new ones. So I think those are, I guess you could say my task at hand. I, I haven't had any tasks given from, you know, our department or from Coach Smith. It's kind of like, here, Ashton, here's the keys. Take it, run with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of how it's been. And then, like you said, you know, Joe Price or Coach Joe Price, you know, know him personally. So with him, it's kind of like, you know, you got any questions about what's going on, kind of just shoot him a text or call him. So that's nice to have. Really, really nice to have. Yeah. He's a pro too. So, and I, and I saw, I don't know if this was like a month ago, you did some sort of like clinic or virtual clinic, kind of meet and greet to, for, for coaches up there. So how has that been as far as building those connections? But also, like you said, I mean, you're learning an entirely new state of football and high schools. Are, are you just like studying a map of Illinois right now and all the cities? I just, no, that's exactly what I'm doing. Like, I pulled up like our state, our recruiting areas map, and I'm just breaking it down. Literally going high school by high school, uh, head coach by head coach, position coaches. Like I'm doing all of the research. It's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. 
but that's the only way you know you can learn and then with me like i said i'm leaving texas you know i have a brand here and now i gotta revamp that brand a new state you know i'm going to illinois into a new place no one knows who ashton washington is you know what i mean yeah. So I, I got to go in there as an underdog and work my butt off. But it, the cool part is you bring the same Texas flavor that, that Joe had. And, and, and y'all have done a pretty good job of, of recruiting Texas too. So I think that's, that's what's going to really allow you to, to be able to have success early on. You know what I mean? Because you are going to get after it. Kind of jumping into the topic of the week. You know, what I really want to talk about was you know, just listening to a couple of your podcasts already and just knowing you, you know, building your personal LinkedIn. We talked about it a, little, a second ago earlier, but you know, let's just, if, if you're a recruit and you're listening to the show, like what's the best way to build your personal LinkedIn? Cause it's different for a recruit versus you as a professional, right? So, I mean, you're talking about relationships at your high school with your counselor, with your teacher, with your coach, with, you know, your teammates as well. Um, and obviously you got to build relationships with college recruiters. So, you know, what's, what's your advice about going about that the right way? Because I think it can be overwhelming is, is the word that I get a lot of times talking to recruits where it's like, they feel like they're on their phone constantly. And, and yeah, I mean, you're choosing to be on your phone by looking at TikTok for, you know, two hours in a row, but, but still feeling like you're getting, you know, constant notifications and constant texts and DMs and calls and FaceTimes and Zooms. It's a lot. So What's the advice you would have as the, the big sister, Coach A, to, uh, to a recruit out there listening to the show? Uh, well, I like how you talk about the counselor. That's the main person, you know, you should be in contact with, especially if you're in your junior to senior year. Uh, your counselor is going to keep you on track as far as academic-wise to show you where you're landing at, what your GPA is, and that – he or she is going to help you register with the NCAA eligibility center if your head coach hasn't already or if your position coach hasn't already. So, it, look, I'm going to wrap it back to Parker. You know, I can't go to school for you in high school and do all this for you. You got to be willing to do that. You know, if you say you want to play college football, whatever division it is, one, two, three, NAIA, whatever it is, you got to be willing to take the extra step to meet these different people in your high school that needs, you know, that you need to connect with. I know you can get on Twitter and like you say, get on TikTok and look at different videos. And I know you can go to 707 events and play your butt off on the field, right? And break some ankles. But what can you do when you're not on the field? What can you do that can help progress you into that next level? And that again goes to your counselor, goes to you, you know, your head coach, goes to your, your teachers in your classroom. And at this moment, I know it's a little bit shaky with SAT and ACT scores. Some are taking them, some aren't. Uh, my best advice for that is when the time comes and when those centers are open or however they're gonna do it, whether that's online, I say take it just in case, just to have those test scores on deck. And then at this moment, um, if you're connecting with college coaches, have your transcripts ready. And again, that goes to the counselor. That's where you're getting transcripts from. So have those ready, have your huddle links ready and just train. And then it, I think this is the most important piece of it all. I know COVID-19 is going on and it's not very normal, right? But if you're around someone that isn't taking COVID-19 seriously and you're working out, whether that's your trainer or whether that's the athletes around you that are training with you, 
if they're not taking the virus seriously, you need to get away from them. Yeah. So, you know, that's not necessarily talking about masks, but if they're just joking, like, it's not real, I don't believe it, da, 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 you need to get away from them. You need to understand that, you know, if you're living with your grandparents or if you're living with mom and dad or, you know, whoever's taking care of you, you're going back home to them. Yeah. It's bigger than you. It's it's not just, you know, you you're talking about because you can affect somebody else's life. Yep. And I think, look, I think that's the advice I can give at this moment. And then most importantly, look, last but not least, grind, 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 grind when nobody's looking. I, I love the thing that you said about have your transcripts ready. That's the first thing guys need to see. That's the first thing I'm asking for. And the other thing to talk about is just with those relationships with your teachers too, those are going to be really important because if you aren't able to get a test, I know a lot of colleges are going to go to those teacher recommendations. So um, you can't just win with a good relationship with your head coach. You know, we're going to touch a little more than just one coach on the staff. And um, if somebody's really doing their homework and vetting recruits out, they're going to ask more than one person. Uh, It's no different than going and getting a job. You know, you don't put one, person of you know reference on that last page you put three four five however many are asked for so then I guess for somebody trying to break into the industry as somebody who's been able to do it now what advice would you have don't give up don't give up at all if you really say you want to do it, and it's the same thing with recruits that want to play football, if you say you want to do it, you're going to make a way and you're going to find a way to make it happen. So stay positive throughout it. And all I can say is you got this. And then again, I can give you a list of my journey of step-to-step process of what I did, but everybody's journey is different. Amen. So, you know, you can check off what I've done and try to do the same thing, but it just might not work the same way. So you got to be willing to find, again, your authentic self and go from there. And then, of course, find your passion, find what you love. And if you say you love football, but you don't think you could, you know, do unpaid for football or do $7 an hour for football, I don't think that might be your passion. I think you should try, you know, passion searching again. But just like I said, don't give up. Don't give up at all. They, They call it paying your dues. Yep. Paying your dues. Starting from Look, Drake started from the bottom. Now we're here in terms of like engaging and and communicating with recruits nowadays, right? There's so much going on and, you know, zoom calls, FaceTime, um, you know, everything's virtual. So we're all trying to get creative here, you know, jumping on Google earth and giving a virtual tour, whatever you got to do. What are some ways that recruiters can improve their ability to connect with recruits beyond, beyond, you know, being yourself and, and being authentic? Like, what are some some actionable ways that we can improve this? Because this is probably the new norm for a little bit. And, you know, I, it's, it's almost like who's going to be the most creative and who's going to be the most unique in the way they're, you know, utilizing and leveraging like the new technology. But like, wh- what are some ways that we can do a better job of connecting with these recruits? Like, I want to give all the juice away. <laughs> oh, shit. But I think the biggest element you know you're already in contact with the recruit you got to keep building that relationship with the people that the recruit loves the most that's mom and dad or the guardians of that recruit right so it's all about just keeping those relationships going 
And I think that's kind of the distinguishing quality or the distinguishing factor that comes out of it. It's like, you know, who does mom think about first when it comes to your top three or top four? And that kind of helps play a little factor into it. What me and Brian Carrington always call it is like that web of influence. Like, like who are the people, not necessarily decision makers, because it's not that simple. It, it, you know, we want to find the champion, but sometimes it's more than one. A lot of times there's more than one and influencing different aspects of it. Like maybe dad played ball and mom's, you know, a, a nurse. So she's going to ask all the tough academic questions and dad's going to ask all the tough football scholarship depth chart questions. And it's a matter of making sure both of those people have answers to those questions. Cause it's not about telling them what they want to hear because you can lose them in the transfer portal a year from now, if you don't tell them the, the true actual honest answers, but you know, it's about making sure that these people feel comfortable and it's that trust factor. And I, th I think that's ultimately like the heart of being authentic. It's showing somebody, you know, your vulnerable side and being like, hey, I'm a human being just like you are. And I'm going to do everything in my power to prepare your son for the next level. Because that's what it's about. Um, for college, you know, recruiters are going, you know, straight to, you know, recruits page. You know, go straight to the Twitter you know, scroll through the likes, you know, retweets, who they're following, um, what they're talking about. You've gone through a million Twitter profiles, I know, from 24-7 rivals, from, you know, dealing with college recruiters hitting up your brother. You've, you've looked at a million different probably Twitter handles and huddle accounts. Like, what, what are some do's and don'ts for, for recruits out there that um, sophomore really beats people up? like spelling the word sophomore really beats up a lot of people. So what, what are some do's and don'ts for you as far as uh, social media? I say, look, when you post an offer, make sure you know how to spell the university's name. Hmm. Oh, but no, <laughs> that, if, if it's, if it's university of, or, or the like, university or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just make sure you know how it goes and then don't tag a college coach on an offer that has nothing to do with their program. I've been tagged in like offers for Sam Houston and for like Utah. And I'm just like, this has nothing to do with Illinois football. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm looking at who they're tagging and it's like all different college coaches from all different college programs, except that program. And I think that's really weird. And I think, don't like anything that you don't want to be shown. So I know we think likes, you know, no one can see the likes. We can see the likes. We definitely can see the retweets and we definitely can see the comments. We definitely see your Abby. So make sure your Abby is appropriate. Um, make sure your header at the very top of your profile is appropriate. Inside of your bio, the little, you know, the little section that goes underneath that Abby, underneath that little circle picture, Make sure you have, you know, relevant information. So whether that's NCAA eligibility center number, um, your basic height, weight, measurables, different things like that. Your huddle link is appropriate and, you know, it's able to be visible and where I can click it and see where to go. It's just a little things. Um, I know many recruits have girlfriends, right? And you want to put your girlfriend's name in your bio and you want to put in your Abby. Don't do it. I'm so sorry. Don't do it. I know she's going to be mad, but let her be mad for a moment. She'll be fine. 
you know, but don't do it. Keep it professional. It's like having your own LinkedIn at the age of what, 16, 17, 18? Right. Keep professional. You know, keep it professional, you know, build your LinkedIn and, and connect with people is, you know, the way to go. But it's kind of t- kind of difficult to get those face-to-face interactions right now. So how are you staying connected with with your network and 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 the people that have influenced you or that that you're mentoring now because you're in a you're in a different place than you were you know four or five years ago so how are you staying in contact and connecting with with other people so it's going to be email zoom phone calls facetimes you know any little thing um for me text messages just any any i'd like to say anything any little thing and then, of course, everybody's on Twitter, social media, Instagram, Facebook, all of those. And I like to say I'm not that hard to get in contact with. No, you, you definitely you've made your rounds on the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad we got to have you on on this one. I'm excited so, to be on here with you. Yeah, no. And, and I'm excited to have you here. And, and it, I think you've really talked a lot that that can not only apply to just recruits, but people that are trying to you know, make their way in college football and make their way in, in this industry because it is difficult. So I guess my, my last main question for you, and this one's a loaded question. Uh-oh. Where do you see the potential challenges and obstacles over the next six months of life in the world of recruiting? I think if this keeps going on, you know, the whole, uh, I'd say the COVID-19 and how we're not able to see each other face to face. You know what I mean? I don't think it'll be a challenge. I think it'll be an advancement. So this kind of proves or shows how capable we are of using technology and how far ahead we are. I think we were so stuck on, you know, oh my goodness, what do we do now if we don't have each other in person or if we don't have these recruits on campus? I know, like, I'm going to keep saying, and I think you've said it as well, is like, we would love to have these guys on campus. You know what I mean? It would change, you know, change some things, but it probably might still be the same even with us on Zoom. So I think it just proves advancement. I don't, I don't think any adversity besides, you know, if all Wi-Fi or all internet services were to cut, then that would be <laughs> some adversity that we hit. And, you know, when that moment comes, I think we'll, we'll have to figure it out. But I think that would be the only challenge. What's the last word of advice you'd have for, for recruits out there? Ooh, last word of advice. Mm-hmm. I've ca- Look, can I do two? You can do two. <laughs> okay. I'll let you do two. Two. I will one. I'm going to keep saying it. Wear a mask wear your mask stop playing games wear a mask and then number two grind 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 it will pay off it will definitely pay off and understand the caliber of a player that you are you know we can have a lot of hype from mom and dad and from trainers and high school coaches and different things like that but understand where you fall in the bracket of play you know, everybody wants to go D1, but not everyone's a Division One player. So understand that mentally, because all in all, college football is a business. Everybody wants to win games. Everybody wants to win championships. Everybody wants to win a national championship. That's what we're trying to do, we're trying to win games, you know? So just understand that. Once you understand that, then it'll feel a lot better. A lot of pressure will come off your back. 
somebody told me there's a level of football for everyone. It's just a matter of whether or not you accept the level that you're at. So how do you get that, that, you know, unbiased, very objective analysis? Like who do you go to? Cause you know, is it, is it your high school head coach or, or do you ask college recruiters? Cause I've had some recruits that have hit me up like, Hey, I know I'm not an offer for you guys. What I need to improve on. And I love those messages, but, I do too. but what's, what's the, um, the advice for, for getting that honest feedback. So it can be like that, you know, the messages we love shooting those. Um, I think the good, I'd say the best way to target like a top tier program is go to the graduate assistants. You find a graduate assistant on Twitter or on any social media platform and you shoot them a message of what your film, you know, a same message, you know, where do you, see, where do you see me or, if I, you know, can't fit into your program, what type of player or caliber player that I am, or, you know, where could I best fit as far as the vision of play? That would be the best bet of doing it. Find your graduate assistant. Yeah. Graduate assistants, quality control coaches, for sure. Yes. Then what, what's the one word of advice for parents out there? Oh, don't be a helicopter parent. Be willing to understand where your kid falls again, because some of what you say your kid listens to, you know, they listen to some, but most of the things that stick out to them is what you're saying about them and how the development of play is and, you know, where you see your kid, not where your kid is falls into. So I think you got to just be open to where your kid might end up at and you got to be happy regardless. You know, I know a lot of parents want their kids at Alabama with Nick Saban, but not every kid again, is going to be with Al at Alabama with Nick Saban. Let's right. just be honest. So you just got to you just got to be honest with yourself and just like I keep saying, be proud of your child. No matter if they play football or if they don't, if they go Division One or Division Two, II, Division Three, NAI, no matter where they land, be proud of them. It, it's this is a time to to be supportive, not to try and live vicariously yes. the recruiting lifestyle. Okay, so lastly. Mm -hmm. High school, high school coaches out there, your director of high school relations. Uh, what's one word of advice to those coaches listening to the show? For recruiting or for moving for up the. For, okay. for recruiting or, you know, you could say recruiting and coaching. I'll, I'll give you a, a two part answer. Okay. Um, I'll start with the coaching part. So, you know, I don't want to say all high school coaches, but some, you know, want to move up the ranks to, uh, college football when college coaches come to your school you know you know they're coming to look for players and meet with you of course be eager to sell your kids rather than sell yourself that's a better way to put it yeah the more you sell yourself the more you turn those college coaches away and the less benefit or beneficial your program becomes for your kids that are playing on the field. And then far as recruitment, have your prospect list ready um, on those prospect sheets or the Excel sheets, you know, have the basic breakdown of your players, um, have their huddle, their transcript links. Again, we're going to keep saying that. I know Coach Brown is thinking the same thing. Transcripts, 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 because that's the main thing we're asking for, especially in a time like this. 
We want to see if your player, as at this moment, can get into our program. Um, and then on that Excel sheet, I think the best thing I saw is actually today, high school uh, prospect list. It had an extra portion where it said memos, and it gave you like a memo about a player. And it was like for each player. That's how detailed this head coach was. It was unbelievable. Wow. So that, look, that's, that's an idea right there. The, the attention to detail from some of these coaches, especially in Texas, is ridiculous. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Just in terms of, you know, it's the core GPA. It's the class rank. It's not just a blanket GPA. Like, you need the core class GPA. And what you said there about sell your kids, don't sell yourself, that applies a ton to people in personnel that want to get into scouting. When scouts come through, they do not want to hear your evaluation on – xyz player you know a player that's at your college that you're at as if you're a recruiting assistant or a recruiting ga or assistant director you know they want to know facts like they want to know information they're there for for a job and if you do your job really well and you show them that you're a good person you're going to work hard they'll be more inclined to stay in touch with you not if you tell them your resume and you know if they ask you be ready to talk about it be ready be always be ready to talk about what you're passionate about but when it comes to, like you said, you got to sell the kids first because the last thing I want is a me guy in my program. But Ashton, where, where can we all follow you on, on Twitter and social media? This was awesome. Uh, Twitter, A-S-H, three Washington. And I like to say Washington like the state. And then far as other, any other pages, same thing, Ash three Washington. And then best contact, email, aw19 at illinois.edu ashton this was awesome thank you again for jumping on the show and best of luck thank you so much for having me look let's go do it and you hold it down in h-town for me always i'll see you all right thank you